Welcome to the Money Better Podcast, brought to you by Union Bank and Trust in Lincoln, Nebraska. Get ready for an authentic conversation about how to do money better by making financial decisions that are right for you. Money doesn't have to be a scary topic anymore. Instead, let's get real about the lessons others have learned, then find ways to use those experiences to get it right. I'm your host, Caitlin Moore. Let's chat. Okay, I'm here with Eric Turner, and he is a home buyer. And so we're going to talk about just being young and owning a home and what that experience has been like for you, Eric. So why don't you tell us a little bit about you and why you bought a house? So I'm Eric. Hi, everybody. So I've been living with the same roommate since 2012. We went to uh, university together um, for about six months, and then we moved into a home together. It was just renting a home uh, for the time. I have a dog, so it, it was it made sense to have a dog at a house instead of an apartment so that we had a backyard and we could walk around the neighborhood. And about a year or two into renting this house, the landlord uh, decided to sell the house. And he asked us if it was okay because it was part of our contract. And and we're like, yeah, that's, that's fine. He, <laughs> he actually offered to sell the house to us. And we're like, no, nah. <laughs> we don't we, we like this up. How come you didn't buy it? It was... It was the strangest split level. It wasn't a split level, but it had the same layout as a split level with it mm. being a two level house, though. And it was just. So it the was layout so was kind of just. It was it good was for awkward. renting, but not. Yeah, right. Yeah, I didn't want it at all. <laughs> which is, yeah, and which is funny because, like, it just got put on Zillow again, like, two months ago, and they did a lot of renovating to it. And I'm still just like, yeah, this is a bad house but the um, layout is like was really key when you were purchasing. yeah exactly yeah, yeah. and, and it, yeah it just felt small for what it was and like we we kind of talked it over and, and so I thought it would be easier just to buy a house having a dog now and did you buy the house with your friend or did you buy it by yourself bought it by myself yep okay. um so he um, moved in with you right yep. away He's yeah we we moved straight from that house to this house and, and how old were you first, when you bought it? I think I was 23. I'm pretty okay. sure it was 23. And how old are you now? In 27 now. Okay. So you've owned it for several years. And my understanding is your roommate is still with you, correct? Yep. Okay. So you're 27. Your life probably looks a little bit different than it did when you bought the house. Mm-hmm. Maybe even career-wise in yeah. <laughs> life. And so how do you feel about your house now? Um. I feel stuck. <laughs> okay. Um, more. Yeah. Um, so life looks a lot different. I have a great job now. Very happy with my career right now. And I also got engaged. Um, Congratulations. So yeah, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and so she's living with me now uh, with our, with my roommate, um, which is great. Like, it's still great. He's probably the best roommate you could ever ask for. <laughs> but we, we also have plans of moving someday. So housing market's crazy yeah <laughs> so it like, is. um we we could get a lot of money for this house mm-hmm. and then we could also find a house probably pretty expensive but with a great rate like <laughs> it's just a weird um holding pattern right now <laughs> so you've actually asked yourself like regardless of whether we want to move locally or out of state like possibly just sell the house because you can make a, some equity in it and then go into another house because rates are low and Yep. It's kind of worth it. Yeah. So I went from one dog to <laughs> three dogs in the house now and nine reptiles. <laughs> so oh going from this house, going to a holding house like that we can just buy real quick and try to fix up, which is probably a bad idea because mm. um, I'm not a <laughs> mm. super great okay. fixer upper. Um, 
but that's just a lot on the dogs and all the animals really and go into that house and then go into a house that we can stay in a little bit longer it's just mm. we don't necessarily see that it's worth it even though that yeah that equity is just like very yeah. tantalizing <laughs> yeah i'm sure i'm sure so when you say fix up your house did you buy kind of a reno that you needed to do or you just feel like you need to update a couple things to get a little bit more money out of it it yeah it's the second it's more of i know as soon as a realtor comes in they're gonna be asking for new carpet and mm. fixing the deck and changing out the tiling and the, <laughs> the mm -hmm. bathroom and maybe they not they won't but i i just want something a little bit more presentable because <laughs> okay. i mean it before alexis moved in i had two three roommates so it was kind of just like i hate the term bachelor pad but it was just us living in and we didn't really mm -hmm. care <laughs> yeah it, and it, it wasn't really a fixer upper ever it, it just okay. you know the paint was ugly the carpet's ugly <laughs> but we sure. were just like whatever it's it's fine we're just living here but yeah yeah now it's just more of i know just the simple little things like we just painted and i know that will immediately increase the value of the home mm -hmm. like by a lot mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's just simple things like that like carpet's not super expensive to replace and i know it will go really far in selling the house yeah yeah so when you were 22 23 when you purchased this house did you think at the time man if i fix this up i could get so much more money or was it just like hey this is doable yeah this works for us like you mentioned kind of the bachelor bed like it's it's livable uh looking back horrible mistake of like never really thinking about fixing up because like it's it's a 1999 house like split level home so that would never cross my mind but my mind was focused on was can i afford something breaking down <laughs> so mm. um but you know at the time i have you know i think you have to get the home warranty and um you can extend that out so i wasn't too worried about it um mm. so that was just my primary focus was like okay. what if the water heater goes out or what if <laughs> what if yeah uh the roof gets destroyed by the tornado Hail that storm. came yes. <laughs> yeah yes. and Infamous which both storm. have happened and like um it's just having to be prepared for that and then also keeping in the back of mind that like yeah you, you're gonna want to sell this place eventually so you should fix it up but that was not on my mind <laughs> back yeah. then yeah so. so did you have somebody when you were purchasing a home or looking around kind of putting that bug in your ear about what you should consider or was it really just a can I get into a house I did my research like I, I knew those, those bugs were in my ear just Good. by reading them but okay. it still was like I, let's just get a house <laughs> let's okay. just let's just get into and it's regretful because like we got pushed on that timeline because the landlord was like oh we're gonna sell it mm -hmm. and then he immediately got a buyer so like we had a rush <laughs> and buy okay the house, so you felt so. a little rushed at the time right yeah so okay. best tip like one of my best things that i tell everyone is like just wait it out like we bought a home within a month basically and i i love this house it's you know, I'll never buy a split level again, <laughs> but I, it's a good place. It's in a great neighborhood. Houses will always be for sale. So like, don't mm. rush the home buying process. Like if you're not feeling something about the house, just wait. <laughs> like if you can wait, just yeah. wait. <laughs> I love that. Change. That's a really good line. Houses will always be for sale. So yes. don't rush the home buying process. Yeah. So would you do that process again? Probably not. You know, being able to, because right now, like I never considered I haven't been able to consider really moving because like mm. selling your home, it's just so 
daunting it it, it mm-hmm. feels daunting like and moving in general but it's more like you know i don't have to worry about fixing up the home i don't want to have to worry about if the water heater goes out I, you mean I if you're just, renting if i'm renting yes okay. yes yes okay. so like i would definitely at least try to find something to rent um plenty of landlords out there that would have taken my dog <laughs> like i don't know why we didn't just do that but you know that's kind of a bittersweet answer because like i love being here and i love being mm-hmm. like we built a huge garden in the back here like so like there's some of that stuff like mm-hmm. i would probably rent i would i'd say i'd probably rent but i it's hard to say <laughs> i'm hearing you kind of in the middle of there's really some pros and cons to owning yeah. a house even at a young age you just don't necessarily think of those things those stages of yeah. life that you might be going into so yeah but would... the perk of it is you got some equity in your house so Absolutely. whatever life yeah. that you choose <laughs> from here on out you've yeah. got some money either for another house locally or if exactly. you choose to move elsewhere yeah i wish i could have rented and then maybe moved to a different city and experienced different things but mm-hmm. i am also very happy with you know, I've been sending that money to equity <laughs> like that. That will yeah, come back true. and yeah. put a down payment on another house. So, yeah. So, so homeownership has not been that bad on you. No, um, there's <laughs> just things you didn't consider. This has been a delight and very informational, especially at your age. Um, I know a lot of people rush to buy a house, especially right now with rates being as low as they are, but it's nice to hear kind of a perspective of somebody who did it at a young age that did that has questioned whether that was a good idea or not, but definitely mm-hmm. the payoff is in that equity for sure. Yep, for with sure. You. And thank you, Eric. I really appreciate your time and your story. Um, best of luck with the wedding yeah. and wherever you decide to move. Best cool. of luck. Thank with you. That. Thank you for having me. Yeah. <laughs> Hello everyone. We are here with Casey Franklin from UBT. He is a, renter right now, but he has owned a home and he is in the process of purchasing a home. And we're going to be talking to him a little bit later, more in depth about his current home buying experience. But what I want to briefly talk about is the fact that you have bought a home before and you've bought a home with a friend. So I want to hear a little bit more about that experience. Um, Awesome to be with you today, Caitlin. Um, So my friend and I, my best friend and I actually rented together for almost three or four years and it just kind of got to the point where renting was so expensive it just made sense to buy a house and get equity out of the mind that we were throwing at renting. Um, I'd known her for you know since I since 2010 we purchased her house in 2015 so it was a short friendship but um, just it kind of made sense from our living situation to kind of upgrade and go from there. Okay so tell me about the home buying process with a friend. Um, It was definitely difference. Um, it was kind of back when it was still new for friends to buy houses together. Um, we approached our, um, the realtor that we worked with saying like, you know, this is what we're looking for. We're friends. Um, this is how we want to break it down. And so we got a lot of pushback and questions from, you know, real estate agents and um, mortgage lenders because it wasn't common back in 2015 when we, you know, decided to, we wanted to do this. Um, and you know, they, one of the things that they push back is, okay, you have to think long-term, like what's going to happen if it doesn't work out? How do you move forward and deal with the, the house and the mortgage if things don't work out and you have to go separate ways? Had you guys already had those conversations or was it the professionals around you really prompting those conversations with you? We'd already, we'd had those conversations. Um, and it kind of looked back at, you know, our friendship and where we were, where we were at in our lives. I was 21 and she was in her late twenties different things going on in our personal lives, but it was, you know, when we looked at buying a house, it was something that we looked at 
being long-term. Um, and that's one thing that I was always considered is like, what are your future plans? And, you know, don't make a quick and rash decision to buy a house just because of where you are currently in life. Okay. So did things change? They did. They, they changed a lot quicker, <laughs> obviously, than we, than we planned. Cause here I am five years later and I'm buying my second house. So, so how long did you guys live together before you, um, sold it? Uh, we sold it after three years. Okay. Did you recoup any money? We did. So, um, you know, we, I would say increased our, you know, our property value in the house. Um, I think the markets went up $30,000 between the three years that we were there. Okay. Um, we kind of lucked out based on, um, you know, the market fluctuations. So let's talk about living with a friend. So you've bought this home together. So it would be expected that you guys are kind of making compromises or 50-50 decisions. Tell me, tell me some of the decisions that may have worked in both of your favors or not in your favor, kind of compromised. Yeah. So obviously when you go into buying a house, each person has their own distinct tastes and what they want their home to look like. Um, the friend that I purchased the house with really liked the classic charm and that homey feeling. And I'm more of a open floor plan, modern, completely remodeled type of house. Um, and so you have to, you know, the, there's a lot of compromise. And if you don't have, agree in, you know, specific layout plans or the, your taste and what you want your house to look like. Um, we lucked out. We probably looked at, you know, 40, 50 houses before we found one that we even, you know, compromised enough to go in on an offer. Yeah. So who got the master? um she did she did (laughs) there are things about the house that if you could go into buying it with a friend differently that you would do one of them is kind of the the layout or the room layout can you tell me a little bit more about that I think one important thing to consider is you know if you're looking into buying a house with someone um, like a friend or anyone really is think of the layout and the long-term scheme of things um, you know, the house we bought together, the master bedroom, the two main bedrooms were side by side. So they shared a wall and we shared a bathroom. As it works, when we started, it, it was fine. You know, we were both single and everything made, made sense to, to go forward with it. But um, as people move on in their lives, it didn't really make sense to have the bedrooms side by side. You said you were renting with her prior to buying a home. So did you guys save money by buying a home as far as your out-of-pocket expenses every month? Your utilities on the small apartment or going to be a lot smaller than heating or mm-hmm. um, cooling a three-story house. And so there's, you know, your expenses go up, but I think the important thing is, you know, the investment that you're making in it. And you, if you live in the house long enough, you'll recoup what you put into it. Okay. So big closing question. If you could do it all over again, would you do it? Would you buy a house with a friend? I think that I would totally do it over again. Obviously there's things that I would, you know, change about it or do differently, just knowing um, the experiences and lessons that I learned from the first go around. Well, thanks for sharing about buying a house with a friend. We are going to pause and we will come back to a longer conversation with Casey in just a moment. All right. Well, I am here with Casey Franklin. Um, Casey has owned a home, sold a home, rented, and is purchasing another home. He has a large amount of money saved for a down payment and is very particular about costs and values of the homes that he looks at. 
He questions everything and he's willing to walk away from a purchase due to various reasons discussed in this podcast. And we are going to discuss them all today. We want to enlighten everyone else of just the home buying process. And if you are picky, you should be picky in the ways of Casey. So one of the big messages that we talk about, um, especially as I've watched you go through the home buying process is just because you can afford a house doesn't mean you should buy a house. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think what people do is, you know, they save up for a down payment and they think that they've got this big chunk of money that they can put down and so that they're ready to buy a house. But that's not always the case. Just because you can afford a down payment doesn't mean you can afford a house. Um, Right. So what are the things top of your head that you should really consider uh, besides the down payment? Like when you're initially looking for a house, what do you need to factor in? Just name a few. You know, my realtor always tells you that, you know, think in terms of what you can and can't change on the house. You can't change location. So don't settle on buying a house if you don't like the location. Um, you can't change space unless you can afford to build onto a house and your finances. So, you know, really breaking down to see, you know, what is my mortgage going to look like with everything included? And is that really affordable? Yeah. Um, you know, your utilities is another piece of things. So, you know, you're running utilities on a house that's, you know, two or three times the size of an apartment. So your utilities are going to reflect that as well. So there's a lot of additional costs and expenditures that go into a house that is outside of that down payment. Let's talk about you're currently renting. What are some perks of renting for you? What do you find valuable in renting? I think the biggest perk of renting is that you don't have to upkeep the place you're living at. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all included in the rent payment that you make. So if something breaks down, you call the office and they come and fix it for you. Um, yeah have access to the amenities that your, you know, your place offers. So you don't have to think of, did I pay the trash for this month? Or do I have to put the trash out on the corner? Um, if I don't have to mow lawns, I don't have to water the grass. I don't have to do all these other things that come with homeownership. Well, that's if you're renting an apartment. So I, as you know, I'm buying a house, but I rent a house right now. And we've rented for several years, um, but we have to do all that. We have to do lawn maintenance. We take that trash out. But I will say out of the two houses that I've rented or three, um, our AC has broke on two of them in the the dead of summer when it was a hundred degrees outside. And our landlord has had to drop about $3,000 in the middle. I mean, within 24 hours to get that fixed because as a landlord, he has to do that. So that is like, especially those big ticket items. So like if there's a hailstorm and you have to replace a roof. Um, mm-hmm. you don't have to consider that when you're renting because you don't own the property. Yeah. So might, even Which, if you're renting a house, there's upkeep that you would do, but you don't have to, like, if something breaks, you don't have to fix it. Yeah. Which has been a huge blessing. We've had to do, we've had to get both of the roofs fixed because of hailstorms here in Lincoln. We get gnarly ones. It seems like at least once a year. So we've had to get both of those roofs fixed, but yeah, if you're in an apartment, you don't have to worry about that stuff, which is definitely a perk. So what is the one thing that you hate the most about renting? I think for me, it's just the proximity to your neighbors. You don't have any really divide, especially if renting an apartment, you have neighbors across you, neighbors next to you, neighbors above you. Um, so you yeah. don't have that separation of space to call it kind of your own. Okay. So what, having been a homeowner, now a renter, but going back to being a homeowner, what is the biggest perk of owning a home for you personally? Um, for me, I think it's just the, the equity and the perks of owning it. It's like, you know, I, my payments right now are $810 a month. You know, I can pay the same little extra for a mortgage. And then if I decide that I don't want anymore, you know, living in it after a few years, I can get my equity back. Yeah. 
Yep. So the earning potential, owning a home is huge. What's kind of the scariest part about being a homeowner? Um, for me, I think it's just the projects. And um, that's something that I really put an emphasis on is knowing what I want out of a house. Mm. Um, some people have that desire and the time to do projects. Uh, that's not something that I want to do or look forward to doing. Um, and so for me, I want a house that's done so I don't have to work on projects or do remodels um, so that I could just have it moving ready and just go on with life. Yeah. And that is one thing I've learned from you. You're willing to do a little bit of work, but you also know your limits where you're like, I don't know how to do that, or I don't know anybody who does. So therefore you're not going to take on that project. Like you've been very vocal about that. You know, on top of that, it's just looking at, you know, what is the room for growth in the neighborhood? Mm -hmm. You know, the market is so hot right now. You're paying, um, you know, 15, $20,000 over asking. And so you have to really ask yourself the price that I'm going in on, what's my room and equity to recoup what I'm putting in. So Mm -hmm. if you're paying above market price on a house that requires a lot more projects, that's more money you have to put into it. But if there's no room for growth in that neighborhood, you're never going to recoup your equity. So yeah, absolutely. Tell us about how you kind of go about figuring out the neighborhood that you want to live in. So if you don't like the neighborhood or you don't feel comfortable in the neighborhood, there's no point in moving forward Yeah, Um, because you're not going to like the house neighborhood that you don't like. And so that's the biggest thing is the neighborhood. And then the next thing that I look at is um, what's my likelihood of recouping any investment that I put into a house. Um, You can usually judge that based on um, surrounding prices. Uh, Your realtor can get you comparables. Most realtors um, will be able to tell you kind of like what's the max in this neighborhood that this house would go for, you know, four or five years down the road. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's hard because you're, we're both buying in a really hot market. And so if you do buy at the top end, it may just plateau there for several years without making any equity at all, even if you put some money into it, depending on your neighborhood. So if you live in a neighborhood where it's a big gap and you have some room for growth and it's, it's worth putting some money into it, but you may just max out for a couple of years and not get anything. Yeah. And I mean, your location is also going to determine how much you're paying for a house because you can't change the location. You can't change your property tax. So, um, that's probably always the number one thing that I look at when I look at a house is where, where is it located? Mm-hmm. For me, I'm not a big driver. I don't like to drive long distances to work. How long have you been looking for houses? Oh, this season, this season, it's probably been about almost three months. Okay. How many offers have you put in? Uh, I think I've put in six, six offers. Point. And, and how many have it. you gotten? Zero. <laughs> Zero. I've been close a couple times, but yeah. Yes. So you've been outbid many times. Every, yes. Many times. That's so crazy. Crazy. All right. So let's move on to some other questions. Um, so what suggestion would you have for people who want to buy a home? I think the most important thing to know before you go into buying a house is really know what you're wanting to get out of a home. Um, analyze, you know, ask yourself, why do I want a house? Is it because I like that home ownership or is it because I feel like I've got a down payment? I'm ready to jump on it. Um, because ultimately it's a, it's a long-term decision you have to make. And so really think of, you know, what am I buying a house for? Am I buying a house because it's going to be me and I like to have my own space or am I buying a house to, you know, potentially grow into a family? Um, cause that's really going to make, um, an important piece of the decision or what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's also going to really impact the amount of money that you pay for a house based on what you're actually trying to get out of it. 
Mm -hmm. um, so create your bucket list, have those conversations with your realtor. That way you have an idea up front of this is where I'm going to start. And this is, you know, this is where I'm going to look for a house. Um, and then as you start looking at houses, you can really start determining, like, okay, where am I willing to compromise? Yeah. I, I had a conversation with someone recently that said that when they bought their first home, they were working with a realtor and they said, this is my price point. I just can't afford anything more, but this is what I want in a house. And the realtor just kept giving them um, house ideas for significantly over the price range with the theory that they could knock down the price. Um, and she just got so frustrated with that because she wasn't looking at anything in her price range. And she was so worried, like, what if I like this house and I can't get it because it's outside of my price range. And so she ended up moving realtors because she just felt like this realtor was not trustworthy because he was trying to push her into something more than what she could afford. And I just, I saw some value in that. Um, and it's something I find value in you is that you're willing to walk away. I keep telling myself when it's time, the right house will, pre will present itself. Um, you know, I'm looking at a house tonight that is way better than that one. And, you know, had I jumped the gun on that one and put an offer and gotten it, then I would have, um, you know, potentially missed out on this better option for me. You said earlier house poor. And I think for those of us who are in the market, like have been homeowners or looking, we know what this means, but for people who don't, what does it mean to be house poor? So I would define house poor as being able to afford a home, but not being able to afford to do the luxuries that you enjoy in life. Yeah, you have a house, but now you're poor. Yeah, you have a house, but then you can't afford anything else. All right. So what do you, what suggestion do you have for people who maybe just want to rent? How do you feel about that? People just say, you know what, I don't think house buying is for me right now. Yeah, I think it just depends on, you know, where you find joy or what your ambitions are. Um, you know, the last couple of years have been great. I like to travel. Um, so as a single person that likes to traveling or renting might be good for you because it's um, less management in your perspective. When you have a house, um, you have to find someone to come on and stop by just to make sure everything is okay or you have to have someone, you know, pick up your mail. So there's a lot more responsibility that comes with homeownership um, that maybe people don't think about. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I would say if it's, if it's something that you enjoy and you can afford to do it, you don't have that um, that qualm of I'm wasting money throwing it towards an apartment complex or renting a house, go for it. Yeah. Uh, but the, on the flip side, if it's something that's like, I'm ready to move on to the next step and kind of have, uh, you know, a good investment in my back pocket where you can recoup some of your costs, have projects if you want them and, you know, kind of start to build your own um, area of place to grow. I think, you know, homeownership is a good option to look into. It's just, you know, go into it <clears throat> with open, open eyes and be prepared to have those difficult conversations um, and be willing to walk away so you're not stuck in a situation where you're miserable. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for being with us today. Like I said, I've learned so much from you in the past couple of months, just watching you through your experience than I ever did even as a homeowner. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was great to join you. In each Money Better episode, we highlight a community partner that is doing money better. Whether it is a nonprofit, a customer, or an expert in the field, our goal is to learn from their strengths and introduce you to resources that can help you do money better too. Featuring these people and organizations through our podcast is just a small part of UBT's larger mission to elevate the communities we serve.
All right. Well, I am here with Morgan Hermanic from NeighborWorks here in Lincoln, Nebraska. Morgan is the executive assistant and home buyer education educator. So welcome to Money Better. Morgan, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do at NeighborWorks? Yeah, thank you so much for that introduction, Caitlin. Um, like you said, I am the executive assistant here at NeighborWorks Lincoln, um, and I also help with the home buyer program. So my role is a little unique in that I do a little bit of everything um, at the organization. Um, but my favorite part is working with our clients, uh, first-time home buyers, to get them into their first house. Um, so that program involves an education. Um, 10 hours of education just to go over the home buying process, um, what to look for in a home, how to read a purchase agreement, uh, the mortgage qualifying process, all of that. Um, and then they may qualify for down payment assistance too, depending on their income level. I guess I didn't know this about NeighborWorks. Um, even mm-hmm. if you don't qualify for the assistance which is usually lower income, correct? Or a certain threshold, I should say. Right, yep. It's low to moderate income. So like Habitat for Humanity is exclusively low income. And then we say that we're generally like a bracket above that. Sure, okay. So even if people don't qualify that way, they can still come to NeighborWorks to get the education. Is that accurate? Yes. Yep, totally. Education is open to anyone and everyone. Um, Obviously, there is an aspect of the education that goes over the NeighborWorks down payment assistance uh, specifically, so that might not be as relevant, Mm -hmm. but that's just a small portion um, of the education. Interesting. I did not know that. So cool. All right. If someone came to you at NeighborWorks and they say, I want to buy a house, I'm guessing that's the typical introduction Mm -hmm. to somebody walking in the door. How do you go about helping them? Or what do you do? What's the discussion like? Right, definitely. So obviously, um, there's that discussion about the program, because a lot of people will come say, hey, I want to buy one of your houses. And that's not, you know, how our program works necessarily. We, um, most of our clients purchase existing homes in Lincoln. So I kind of have to tell them about that process. But Really, what I want to get down to with the client is why do they want to purchase a home? Um, Some people have been dreaming about it for years and years, and they already kind of know what it involves. You know, they have all their ducks in a row. Um, There's different personality types, right? And then um, there's others who say, well, you know, my rent is... $1,200, $1,300 a month. And I have a friend who just bought a house and their mortgage is $800, $900 a month. And I want to save money. And I really try to explain to them that buying a house is not necessarily a money saving tool. Mm -hmm. Um, On the surface, you know, it can seem like that your mortgage payments or rent, you know, it it can be lower um, than what you're spending in rent. Um, But in the long term, you have to consider all the other upkeep and maintenance that comes along with buying a house. So, you know, when you're renting, you can just call your landlord to fix your plumbing or a furnace. You know, a furnace can cost up to $8,000. So when you're a homeowner, you know, that's something you have to pay for out of pocket. So while it can seem, you know, more affordable, you have to consider all those other um, aspects of it as well. 
So that's what I try to tell those people. And that's really the basis of what we're talking about is home buying is not just your down payment or because you can afford the mortgage every month. It's Mm -hmm. so much more than that. And I appreciate that you all are educating folks on that because it doesn't mean it can't be done. It just needs to be taken into consideration when you're thinking about your purchase price and what you can't afford. Right. Yep, exactly. And during the classes, uh, you know, people really want to know, well, how much is the true cost of owning a home? They don't want to just know the mortgage. They want to know those maintenance costs. And the statistic we give them is that generally they should be putting aside two to 4% of the home purchase price for maintenance costs. Now that doesn't necessarily mean that they'll be spending that amount every month, but that they should be saving that amount because those expensive expenses might come all at once, you know, um, and it may be a couple years down the road, but then when that happens, they have that money set aside. That's a really good way to put it because you may be saving for a year for that two to 4%, but then mm-hmm. your AC goes out and you got to use it all at once. So that pro right. I'm a big proponent of proactive budgeting and that's a really mm-hmm. good formula to use two to 4%. Yeah, that's great. What else do you talk to folks about when they're having this discussion? So you ask them why they want to own a home and then what, what else do you go into? When we get more into the education, I like to talk to clients about really budgeting, um, looking at what they're currently spending their money on, um, and really an in-depth view of it. I tell people if they don't have at least 25 items on their monthly budget, that it's not detailed enough, right? So um, for example, something they might be forgetting to put in their budget is annual expenses mm-hmm. or quarterly expenses. So yeah. we make sure those are all in there um, as well as, you know, maybe not completely necessary things because when people are making a budget because they have the goal in mind of buying a house, they often exclude um, a lot of you know, items that they're actually purchasing now, such as getting their hair done, getting their nails done, Starbucks, vacations, um, you know, travel, things like that, because they're thinking, okay, if I want to buy a house, what are my necessary expenses? And then they try to fit it in there. And I really try to talk to them about values. You know, what do you value in life? Most likely when you buy a house, your spending habits aren't going to change overnight, right? You may be able to make a few adjustments here and there, obviously, but you're not going to, you know, all of a sudden not crave eating out anymore. You're all of a sudden not going to want to do your nails anymore. So I really try to talk to them about what they value. Um, And if they value buying a home and they do want to put some of those things aside so they can afford uh, the maintenance and the mortgage, Um, And if they decide they value that over those things, that's perfectly fine. But to really take an in-depth view um, at their current spending habits, um, because spending habits reflect your values. That's so great. I do a lot of budgeting as a financial coach with folks, and we spend the first month writing, I call it the realistic budget. So we're not Mm -hmm. trying to cut back on anything. We're just trying to put our realistic spending habits on there so that we can get this idea of what does our life really look like throughout the month? And Mm -hmm. it's, it always comes as a surprise to people when they look at how much they've spent on coffee or fast food or, you know, their, their nails or hair, if that's a part of their lifestyle, but you're right. It goes back to values. What do you value? Mm -hmm. And, and I think when I was talking to you before you um, had said, um, if somebody says I get my nails done every month, but I'll cut it out that you kind Mm -hmm. of 
challenge them on that a little bit. Like, are you really going to cut it out? (laughs) Because if you (laughs) want to get your nails done, there's nothing wrong with that, but let's be realistic because the money's going to have to come from somewhere if you're not budgeting for it. You know, if at the end of the education, they decide that renting is best for them in their life right now, we consider that a win as well. We're not trying to convert everyone into homeownership. That's not our goal. Our goal is to create educated homeowners that are ready for it. That's awesome. I value that in community resources, just to be able to say that we're not here to talk you into anything. And if at the end of the day, you're, you're just wanting to rent because of all the other things that go into home buying, then that's a win. I value that. So thank you NeighborWorks for, for preaching that message because it's, it's homeownership right now is not for everyone. And it could be in two years. I mean, it, mm-hmm. maybe somebody just needs to save up a little bit more regroup on their, their budget for a little bit longer. So I, I value that in a community resource that is really focused on purchasing homes, but you're saying if you walk out the door, it's a win. So thank you for that. Um, well, thank you so much for being with us today. I do appreciate what your organization does and just the education process, especially um, being in the position that I'm in at, at UBT. I'm all about education, um, which is why we're here doing this podcast. So thank you, Morgan, for being on Money Better. You guys are definitely doing Money Better over there. So thank you very much. Thank you so much, Caitlin, for having me. Union Bank and Trust's financial literacy materials, articles, guides, blogs, podcasts, and videos are for informational purposes only and not an advertisement for product or service. The accuracy and completeness is not guaranteed and does not constitute legal or tax advice. Please consult with your own tax, legal, and financial advisors. Member FDIC.